Welcome to Beyond Bite Wings, the business side of dentistry, brought to you by Edwards & Associates PC. Join us as we discuss how to build your dental practice, optimize your income, and plan for your future. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Edwards & Associates PC is not rendering legal, accounting, or professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information that is shared. At Edwards & Associates PC, our business is the business of dentistry. For help or more information, visit our website at enassociates.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond Bite Wings. In today's episode, we will be talking about the people side of your business. I think oftentimes we forget that in a dental practice, we're not really selling products. We're selling services that are produced by the people, your team members, your staff members. And we felt like to start off the year, we need to talk a little bit about that because the market has changed a lot, uh, whether we're talking about hiring the right kind of people or even with the retention part of good team members. So to talk further on this subject matter, we have a very special guest. His name, name is Jeff Schaefer. He's with EOS World. So Jeff, how are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks, Ash. Sure. So tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do and how you plan to talk more about this subject matter. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me here. And yeah, my background, I'll just give it, just so you get a little context. I'm a fourth generation entrepreneur. I got started in Vancouver, Canada, grew and expanded my uh, services company to Frisco, Texas, where I found my true home and grew that business to a point where I became really frustrated and realized it was sucking the life out of me. My kids were at home and I was working really late. So I sold my business, sold it to a group out of Ohio. Mm -hmm. And first thing they did is they hired me back. And the second thing they did is they hired a business coach, a particular type of business coach that does what's called EOS or the entrepreneurial operating system. So I watched the company that I built with EOS. I watched it triple in size over three years. We awards. We uh, we acquired a couple companies, and uh, I was even in a two-page magazine spread. I was famous in Cleveland for about fifteen minutes. Um, <laughs> but it was really it was fun. But then I realized, hey, I could have. Why didn't I do that in the fourteen years approaching my exit? So I then brought this EOS tool into a few more companies. One I fit one failed fast, didn't hurt too much, and another one I five X'd in a year. And it was during that time that I realized I think I'd like to become a coach and just really help people with this. That's me in a nutshell. I see. And what is this EOS? Sounds like a software. It does. It's something that helps you get more of what you want in your business. It's a complete and proven system mm -hmm. more than anything. We we do what's called vision, traction, healthy. Vision meaning getting everybody on the same page of where you're going and how you're going to get there. And traction, we, we refer to traction as like discipline and accountability towards that vision. So everywhere you look, people are working on your stuff. And healthy is just, you know, having a functional, cohesive, healthy team because leaders sometimes as individuals, we're healthy, but you bring us together, we're not so healthy. So as go the leadership team, so goes the rest of the organization. Mm -hmm. I just get everybody building a right plan, working on that plan with discipline and accountability is a healthy, fun-loving team that wants to work together. 
Now, the team members that you mentioned, like, how do you do that? Or how can one do that, actually get leadership on the same page as the other team members? Well, I'm going to tell you something that I see, especially for dental offices and Mm -hmm. and making sure of great people in your organization. I'm going to talk about one aspect of it. It's not the only aspect, but it's something that's been uh, slightly overused and it's core values. I say overused because companies like Enron came along and said they had integrity as a core value. And some people may remember Enron kind of dragged that uh, word through through the ringers. And so everybody has these core values, but in, a, in an EOS company, we we live and breathe these core values. I take my clients through an exercise where we discover what their core values are. And then I teach them to execute on those core values by hiring, firing, rewarding, reviewing, and recognizing folks based on those core values. And when you truly, truly commit to that, you end up with a dream team. You end up with the folks that can actually take you to the next level. That's one of the tools. That's one of my favorite ones. It's interesting and fascinating what you're saying. And honestly, that's also something that we've come across at some point, whether we're reading a book or online, you know, doing our own research. I also feel like it's something that's easier said than done, like figuring out your core values. And in this instance, we're specifically talking about the business or so the business's core values. Like, how would one figure that part out? Well, if you want to do it yourself, I would read some great books by Patrick Lencioni. I would read Traction by U.S. Uh, US founder uh, Gina Wickman mm-hmm. uh, and Don Tinney and sort of get up to speed on how you discover those core values. You don't aspire to them. You discover them in the people you already have. Ah, and okay. you don't want those core values to be things that don't resonate. You want them to be things that you reek of the things that you're, that you're, you really have in your organization. Otherwise people aren't going to follow you based on things that you don't really buy into. That's right. So they can't be things that you don't have or that you wish you had. Mm-hmm. They can't be, that in your industry, everyone has. Like, if I saw a bank that said honesty was a core value, I'd be like, well, it better be. I mean, <laughs> you're a bank. Right. You know? um, that, like a dental office, if you, if you, if you say something like um, caring about people's pain or something, it's like, so what? <laughs> so what? <laughs> you got to you got to take it a, a level higher and find that core value, that thing that that, that is in your organization that uh, that makes that makes you different, that makes people want to be be there. Not just internally, but even your vendors and your customers are attracted to those core values. I see. So these are inherent values that are authentic to you. So these aren't. The, the, what I'm hearing is that these cannot be values that you're going to make up. They should already be there, so that your other team members can recognize them and be on the same page with you. Yeah. They're not competencies. Mm -hmm. They're not things you uh, want people to check a list and say that they've, you know, they can work towards they're already there. They're not there. They're not there. Uh, I see. So they can't be things that don't resonate with folks and they can't be things that have no, uh, didn't come from any management intent. I knew an insurance fellow who said, I'll talk to folks with a wedding ring. Uh, if they're married, that's the value that I, uh, and it really that those two things have nothing to do with each other. And so valuing that really isn't going to help his business. It's a bad value to have. Uh-huh. So you want things that, um, come about authentically, like you said, but also things 
that you can actually manage. The, the trick is not discovering them so much. Okay. It's executing. Right. And, and one of the filters, one of the ways you can see if it's truly a core value is, are you willing to fire somebody within 24 hours for never showing that core value? Mm-hmm. There's a, a litmus test right there. Right. Right. If you've got the right one, if you know you would fire based on it, mm-hmm. you've got the right one if you know you'd hire based on it or reward somebody. Yeah, that would be but a good you, marker. Yeah. If you're not willing to do that, then you don't have a core value. Right. It might be something else, but it's not a core value. The real benefit of core values and getting uh, and and making sure you've got the right people and you retain the right people I see. is how you execute on those core values, mm-hmm. making sure that uh, day in, day out, month in, month out, you're sticking to those core values and that the folks in your organization, every three months, hear you talk about those core values. You do a mm-hmm. state of the company, I see. let them know where where you're at according to the plan and you repeat those core values you tell them what they are now in today's a- market you know when there's a shortage of certain professionals out there and i'm going to call them out the hygienists they're super hard to get hold of at least at market rate or even a little bit higher than market rates is their population has shrunk all of a sudden right after covid so in a situation like that let's say you know when you put out an ad for a hygienist and let's say you've only gotten two responses and both of them, when you interview them, you kind of realize, oh, they don't really fit the core values that we have in place, but we really need them. What do you do in a situation like that? If a client came to me and said, hey, we're going to look past the core values. Well, first of all, they wouldn't do that. (laughs) But if if they ever did, I'd say, well, where do you think that's going to end up? Because the ones who, when you say what your values are, Mm -hmm. they tend to just lean in and want to be there. Uh, they tend to not about money for them. It's not about benefits or all the other things that you think they want. They want to be there because they feel they belong. Right. And, and that there's value in them being there because those values that you have are the ones that they have. Mm. I don't think it's a compromising point uh, at time of hire that commonly, but it is when you already have somebody that you know is a great performer in the, in the organization, but they don't match your core values. And if that's the case, if you have somebody like that, what it looks like is every time they walk in the room, your shoulders just kind of go up. Everybody gets a little nervous. Right. And they, they just, they're like, and they're great at what they do, but they do not match your core values. And I, I ask my clients when they're in that situation, hey, if you have somebody like that in, in the room, you got to get rid of them. Yeah. Time it's, to cut the back. Time, yeah. When you're not looking, they're, they're just um, et- etching away at the culture and everything that you've created. And when you let them go, the, the team will fill in the gap that they left, right. regardless of how much of a performer they were, because they're going to be so happy that they can go to work and in a place that Matt, you know, that doesn't make them feel on edge. Right. And that's not to say that people are not open to adapting, because I'm, I'm sure you, you actually mentioned this, that you know sometimes they may lean towards your core values once they're hired. So if we can give them, let's say, a set period of time uh, let's call it a probationary period to show if they can adapt to the core values, then that, that should be fine. Right? Well, you know, it's really hard to tell upon higher often if those core values are there, because people will tell you anything and you right. can't really tell mm-hmm. it's core executing core values comes when you actually see, like, if you have like hard working as a core value, uh-huh. somebody leaves, everybody's there till 6 PM, but this person like, leave at 5 30 and doesn't you know just never finishes the job 
you may say, hey, um, you, you told me that you were hardworking and I don't get the feeling like you are. And yeah, in some circumstances, if that's all it takes is a conversation, that's fine. But if they say to you, look, I'm just not that hardworking, <laughs> or if everybody, they, you don't even have to have a conversation because when they hear that you're serious about these core values, this is where it really, this is where executing with consistency works for you. They tend to just deselect themselves. When they know you're serious about a, a core value like hardworking, they'll just realize I'm in the wrong place and they'll leave. They'll quit. Now, what about conflict? Let's say you started off with your dream team, excellent people, but then something happened and then now there's a conflict. Uh, for lack of a better term, you know, drama basically in the office with your staff members. And now all of a sudden they're not, you know, really sticking to the core values or, you know, just not being able to be as productive as they were. What do you do then as a leader? So there's this book called um, Good to Great by Jim Collins. <laughs> and it describes getting the right people in, in the right seat. Mm -hmm. And right people is really about those core values, making sure they match those core values. Mm -hmm. So your core values are just in you. So if the truth is that they're not there and they're not authentic, you, you need to just call it out and have a discussion with them. And like I said, they'll deselect themselves. But the reason I mention right people, right seat is it's possible that they're just in the wrong seat, that they don't really understand what they're doing there. <laughs> and you could have given them a great job description, but we find that if you boil their, their function of what they do, not their title, but their function mm -hmm. down to five or six things, roles and responsibilities, things that, you, that they must do, and you, you, clear, you clearly identify what those are to them to, so that they understand. If you mm -hmm. identify just five or six, you just have to you just have to ask them if they get it right if they want and if they have the capacity to do it get it gets it means is it in their dna mm -hmm. you know you would you wouldn't ask a bookkeeper to design a logo mm -hmm. you wouldn't ask a designer to do the balance the books so is it at their dna level wants it means do they have you know the inclination do they jump out of bed to do this every day right. and you can't tell that on hire but over time they you know them showing up to do the work is really them showing that they want it. And capacity is just the learned ability. And it's it's meaning that you've got the education or the equivalent experience or both to do the job. So we, we call that the GWC test, gets, wants, and has capacity. And if, once you define those five or six roles and you compare it to whether, and what you're looking for is a, they gets it, they get it, they want it, and they have capacity. You're looking for three yeses. If there's a no anywhere in there, you've got to have a discussion and say, hey, what seat in our organization would you fit in? Right. Okay. So five to six roles. So that's actually a good point that you raised. So it is the leader's responsibility to properly describe the role of the individual that's been hired or that's been asked to join the team. And maybe, and we talked a little bit about this before the recording, is also setting some systems in place. Uh, the more defined and clear the system in place is, the easier it becomes for each individual who's part of that system, so cogs, so to speak, will work more efficiently. A system, yes, but we, we have to keep it simple. Right. We can have a system, but for entrepreneurial organizations who could really benefit by this use of this uh, system 
if you if it's not simple, it won't get done. It won't get used. So yeah, in your job description, you might have twenty five things that you require. Things like excellence in written and oral communication, and uh, you know, basic proficiency with computer skills. But you kind of that's kind of implied. What you really need to get down, get their function down to, are the things that they're accountable for, the mm. things that you depend on them for, uniquely. Like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And so when you, yeah, when you when you boil it down, you simplify it. It's hard to do as a leader, but when you simplify it down to five or six things, you just become more clear to those who you're asking uh, to report to you. So doing the work up front to clarify each of those uh each function in the organization and then testing folks against that gwc test that i was saying Mm -hmm. really helps you understand if somebody's in the right seat or not i know we talked about accountability from the uh team members side but i'm also wondering if there should be some role of accountability from the owner the leader as it pertains to core values Mm mm-hmm yeah, and earlier I was saying that the tools we use are vision to vision traction healthy. And you know what? The way we do that with core values is we train leaders to really day in day out use those core values, execute those core values, reward, review, recognize folks based on core values and hire and fire based on those core values. If they're consistent with that, that helps, but that's that's not necessarily a way to become, you know, to create a culture of accountability. That's just something that you do in an EOS company with core values. I see. But as far as like creating that discipline and accountability, that becomes another like whack-a-mole issue that entrepreneurs have. It's like, great, we have great core values. We're executing on them, but we just don't feel like everybody's consistent or, you know, our meetings are, are rough or people don't say what they they don't really do what they say they're going to do. So when accountability becomes an issue, there's a couple tools we use. One is a meeting pulse. Instead of having a lot of different meetings uh, in, in the day and through the week, we actually have a particular agenda called the Level 10 Meeting. Mm-hmm. And it takes folks through a sequence of questions or a sequence, uh, an agenda that really just gets them through to a point where they solve issues together as a team. They do this once a week. This meeting pulse happens on the same day every week, starts at the same time, and it always ends on time. And by just creating a consistency of that agenda with that weekly meeting, it kind of makes the other meetings melt away. Because of what is required of the folks in the meeting, they begin to realize their role in in the vision of the company and where it's going forward. So that's one tool we use. Another one is this concept uh, concept of rocks. Rocks are really just 90-day business priorities. Mm -hmm. In Stephen Covey, uh, there's a book out there where they talk about rocks, pebbles, sand, air, and water. And you've got a set amount of rocks, pebbles, and sand. And you've got a container, and you're told, all of this will fit in the container. So the question is, what order do you put stuff into the container do you put the sand first and then the pebbles and then the rocks do you put the rocks and then the pebbles and the sand which one do you do first the rocks you always do the rocks first (laughs) (laughs) the sand just sifts in anyway and then the and then the water and the air just works and so the the we call it rocks because we find that when you have a big what we do is we ask our leadership teams to train their companies on this 
And what we do is we, we set 90 day objectives and we teach the, we teach our leaders to um, get those done first in the 90 days. We find that if you build a goal for one year and you don't have like 90 day check-ins, you tend to fray, like uh, folks tend to not get those objectives done. Mm-hmm. Rocks are uh, 90 day business priorities. Another way to say it is imagine you're like logging, you're doing a logging or you're building a road through the rainforest or somewhere. And every once in a while, somebody has got to climb a tree to see that that road is going straight. (laughs) And if the road's going straight, great. Now you keep going down. So it's that climbing a tree. You just got to every once in a while, see if you're on track with that vision. And that's the, that's the discipline of rocks. So what we do is we set three to seven rocks or 90 day priorities for leaders in an organization and three to seven rocks for each individual leader every 90 days. So when you know what you want to accomplish in a year and you have, and you decide upon what those uh, three to seven goals are every 90 days, you just have, you just have a greater chance of getting there. That's a great analogy. Now we talked a little bit about how to pick the right team members. What about retention? The part where we can continue to keep the excellent team members uh, within the practice. Oh, that's a great question. So we have a tool called the people analyzer. Mm-hmm. And it's a way to, in a very like black and white way, say, hey, you match those core values or you don't. We find that it opens up conversations. Some Sometimes folks who don't match those core values realize they've got some work to do. But the unsung hero, the one who ne- is never thanked, it's just expected that they keep showing up the ones where you may have a retention problem if you don't maintain, but you're so busy that you may not. When you have a quarterly conversation with them and you let them know that they match those core values, it's miraculous almost. When they hear those core values, it's as beautiful to them as if you're saying their name. And you tell them that they have those core values and that they're a shining light for the organization and, and the customers. And it really get, it reinforces why they are there. Now, Another, another great uh, tool we use in that meeting pulse of that level 10 meeting I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. train our folks on how to solve issues and, tr- and to create an issues list. And it's almost therapy for a lot of people to actually know that there's a place where issues will be kept and addressed. Because often those things just get fall, fall in between, between the cracks or compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. But what we do is we have this issues list that you review in that level 10 meeting, but you you work on as a team in that in that meeting to so, to solve those issues uh, for the greater good and long term of the organization. So the the folks who don't feel like they get their that there's no you know way for them to even be heard, let alone solve an issue. They they yeah they are a flight risk. They may leave. But when you have a mechanism like the issues list and you're given a way to solve issues as a team, it makes them a part of the solution. I could see how that can increase camaraderie between, you know, upper management and the other team members uh, by doing that exercise weekly. It does. Yeah. And that's, you know, this is all high level theoretical, but if you had a, a specific example, I might be able to tell you a little bit about how you might apply some of this. I'm thinking as we're speaking, because you're right, the human resource, that part of the dental world is 
somewhat of a concern for an entrepreneur every time, because as I mentioned before, uh, they're not really selling products, they're selling the services. And oftentimes, you know, when things are going well, things are great, but then conflict arises and then the employer just doesn't know what to do at that point is how do I, you know, resolve the conflict or do I identify the, the source of the problem and then, you know, just cut the fat or, you know, oftentimes also if it's a particular position, uh, let's say a hygienist, they're like, oh, the hygienist is acting like a diva. But at the same time, I don't know if I can find a replacement. Her schedule is already booked up thus far. I'm going to lose so much business if I let go of this person. So all of those things come into play. And I guess I'm wondering if systems can alleviate some of those human nuanced issues, especially if it's consistent. It can. And really, I got to be really clear. I am not a strategist or a guru. I don't come in and advise uh-huh. folks on how to solve their exact problem. That would be more of a consultant. Right. What right. I do is I teach them, I teach them the system. And uh, if they're, if, you know, if they're looking for a system or something to help them find a better market or another market, or if they haven't built their product or service, mm-hmm. EOS doesn't, that's not what EOS is about. So getting deeper in or, or finding the market, that's, this is all about execution. This is all about making sure that the investment in your people, uh-huh. in, your investment in, in your facility is getting, is, is getting, you're getting as much out of it as you can. And it's taking your leaders to another level so they can teach other leaders or they can, or they can lead and manage uh, everyone in your organization better. So I don't, I mean, I, I asked you for a scenario, like if you've got one, but it's, it's really, um, it's kind of, it's really more, um, it's not like I would actually even answer that or solve that. I actually just teach leaders how to solve it themselves. Because 90% of the time, the answer is in the room. It's, it's with the leaders. It, they just need somebody to help them see what they, uh, or to draw the conclusion they need to draw. That's oh. what a great coach does. Bingo, right there. I think you do. You can help the leaders or the dentists in this scenario just with that statement that oftentimes that you know the answers might be with them they just haven't explored it or they haven't been able to figure that part out that's where you can come in well when i ran my company and i had this coach Uh i learned things and it was like eye-opening to know what i didn't know right but it was kind of nice not drive the bus to be the guy who ran the company and also had to get everybody using these tools because Ultimately, they had to believe in me uh-huh. as much as they believed in tools. And if they didn't believe in either, they believed in n- none of it. Right. So it's kind of funny, right? It's we, like they have to believe in you to believe in themselves. Yeah. So, well, to, or to believe in the system because uh-huh. it was, they, I'm the system that right. if I was trying to. And so even when, after I learned all this and I, uh, I, I used the tools based on what I learned, I found that it was very hard. I still did well with it. But once I was had an implementer who taught me, but it's so much easier to have somebody else that is in your employ to drive the bus for, for on a quarterly basis to help folks through, like to to strategically plan with the group, because it means that they see you fighting alongside them instead of leading them constantly, like every day, day in day out. So as a leader, having having a coach, it it is it's such a relief to have somebody else in there uh, to help you out. But 
if you, you know, that's just one way of doing it. Uh, you had some great pointers there, Jeff. I can also see how some of our listeners can benefit from EOS World. Um, it's, again, I'll be bluntly honest. I remember when I first looked it up, I thought it was some kind of a software system that I'm not familiar with. I wanted to know more, but, you know, upon talking with you, I realize it's not so much, it's a system, but we're not talking about a computer system or a software system. We're talking about system uh, that can be put in place with an entrepreneur in the entrepreneurial venture and how they can succeed and do better. The folks who like EOS, they embrace change. And they're they're often, as leaders, when I look at them and I, I'm introduced to a new group, they're often really willing to be open and honest with themselves and the folks around them. And if they have that, if they're growth-oriented and willing to be open and honest, this system can get them what they want in their business. I have a client who just reported a 76 top, 76% top-line growth year over year. Wow. The year before was 50%, and that's what he wanted. I had a client last year who basically wanted to get to an exit and, and put his company in automatic mode so that he could walk away as an owner and not be so stuck in the business. I got him that. So every, it's hard to say exactly what it's going to get you because everybody wants something different but it it builds that system for you because sometimes you just don't know what you don't know and they're tailored to the individual needs so it's not like a cookie cutter template that applies to everyone that's where you come in right where they have to talk to you and you can identify exactly what it is that your client is looking for yeah so um there's there, the tools and how it's how it's built. You you'll very quickly see once you look at it. You'll see that you can pick up parts of it and use parts of it, and you'll probably see some benefit to it. But it's really the the real art to it is getting it all working, and it takes about a couple of years to really get it ro- rolling. Mm-hmm. For most companies, some a little more, some a little less. So you can just take up like you know take take some tidbits from what I said from core values and take that on. You'll see some benefits. That level 10 meeting, if you look it up, you'll see something great uh, there if you just try to execute those level 10 meetings. Or set rocks for your leaders. Set those 90-day business objectives. What what are the big things that we need to do? There's a, you know, even hacking away at that, you do better than not doing it at all, uh, I have found. And that's true for all the tools with EOS. But um, to, to learn more, I... A lot of EOS implement, like there's there's a community of EOS implementers um, and on the EOSWorldwide.com website, there's a directory. You can check out the different implementers. When you're discerning whether or not to use this, another way uh, other than the book or reaching out to an implementer, you might go to an EOS talk, but it's a great way to sort of understand um, what EOS is because in, in those EOS talks, if you ever get one of those with an imp- EOS implementer, they give you a workbook and they help you work work through uh, how you can use the tools. And they ask this really important question at the end, just spoiler alert. They'll say, hey, which tool, now that you've been, you know, now that you've got this review, which tool would you walk away with and, and use next? And that question often resonates deeply with folks because they realize there's something that they could they could use and they've just been trained on. So I recommend if you're not sure how to, you know, what to do next. Uh, attend an EOS talk because uh, that would uh, definitely help you sort of figure it out. Awesome. So I've got okay. that coming up. Right. Yeah. I mean, this would be a great place for you to put in your plugin. I mean, uh, if somebody is interested in attending, how would they find out more about this? Um, you know, your social media handle or, you know, your website? Well, I would say go to to look at any of the tools and get a basic understanding. I would check out 
um, www.eosworldwide.com. Another great way to go is to uh, read the book Traction, although it reads like a textbook. So if you like that sort of thing, I think it'll give you all the all the tools. But how you execute on those tools and you know benefiting from the experience of using those tools would require you to reach out to an EOS implementer. To anybody listening who's wanting to talk to me, you can reach out to me directly. I'm happy to direct you or answer any questions you might have. I love talking about this stuff and um, uh, I'm happy to hear from you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on our episode today, Jeff. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond by Wings on your favorite podcast platform. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Or reach out to us on our website. You can also shoot us an email at info at eandassociates.com.